Hello and welcome to Plot This. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about A Wicked Bargain for the Duke by Megan Frampton. This was published in 2021 and is the third book in the Hazards of Duke series. And we are we are not recording as quickly as she's writing these books, guys. <laughs> I don't even know how, especially given the quality. And I don't just mean how much we like them, even though we do. I catch fewer typos and plot inconsistencies. That's not to say there's none. And goodness knows I had my problems with the first book. But now that we've like established the world rules, the universe rules, she's tight mm-hmm. as an author. I completely agree. I completely agree. I also loved this book. Like, I feel like they just keep getting better, honestly. Completely agree. Yeah. So, <laughs> and we're, FYI, guys, we are recording the next one uh soon it's going to be coming out in like two weeks because she published another one the jacket thaddeus the new duke of hasford holds his new title reluctantly but his sense of duty is strong task number one find a wife and secure an heir editor's note he says in the book this is task number five He thinks he's found the perfect choice in Lady Jane Capel until her sister, Lavinia, bursts onto the scene. Vivacious, rebellious, and strikingly beautiful, Lavinia is determined to keep him away from her shy, sweet sister. And she's also determined not to think so much about his broad chest and strong thighs. When Lady Lavinia and Thaddeus end up in the most compromising position, witnessed by Lavinia's mother and nearly everyone at a party, they're forced to get married to protect their reputations. With no love between them, but with an heir to conceive, they strike a bargain in bed. Only Lavinia demands passion, and Thaddeus complies, with both of them realizing this marriage of convenience may turn into much more. This jacket feels more generic than the book. Yeah, because the book is, it's it's not generic. It also mentions nothing about her writing. Yes. (laughs) Which I think does a real disservice to Lady Lavinia. To Lavinia, yeah. This is, the, the book jacket makes it seem, it makes it seem like a mix between The Viscount Who Loved Me and Pride and Prejudice, a little bit. Like with Jane, the older sister, who's like shy, beautiful, demure. And then Elizabeth as the second sister, Lavinia, who's like more outgoing and vivacious. I see it now that you're saying it in the jacket, but the text didn't really remind me of that at all. No, no, the text, not at all. It's I, just the book jacket. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So anyway, this book jacket is like, fine it's fine this book this book is better than fine yes this book is super fun i'm gonna make you go first for the random numbers so as usual uh we generated a random number and then wrote our own summaries using that number as our word count this week that number was 42 meg take it away thanks lane 
Lavinia is super charismatic, confident, and whimsical. Thaddeus is not, but his thighs make up for everything else in this marriage of convenience turns into love, but with a secret novelist and sex lessons twist. Plus, did I mention Thaddeus's thighs? Because he's got some nice ones. Yeah, I liked your emphasis on his thighs. I mean, I it's not original because that is also what Lavinia appreciates most about her husband. It's textual. This is completely supported by the text. I also like the sex lessons twist because she is a virgin heroine who writes sex. Mm-hmm. That is downplayed in the text, if anything, which I very much appreciated. Uh-huh. But if you're wondering who tutors who. That would be Lavinia. <laughs> asking for what she fucking wants. And I was, I squealed out loud. What's your 42-word summary, Lane? Thaddeus, no nickname, wants a lady in the streets but a freak in the sheets, but unknowingly and reluctantly marries an extroverted termagant to save her from ruin. Vinny shouldn't have a nickname, writes sexy books, and gets married for her siblings. It's very true. It's very true. How the fuck does Thaddeus not have a nickname? You know, because he went by Captain. <laughs> What's his last name? I forget his last name. Captain something. He went he's by a, Captain something. He's a, he went from an Earl's heir to a Duke. Yes. And he was in the cavalry. I have no information about this. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't. Like, even the, his his cousin and best friend who were the heroes of the first two books they don't call him Thad right yeah they call him Thaddeus yeah so he does not have a nickname I don't know until this book but it's not really a nickname no not really but it was also wonderful it was wonderful but it wasn't like a thing people call him not except for Thaddeus I found it very interesting she never uses his name in bed no she doesn't and romance novels are so known for the moment, like, especially titled men. Mm-hmm. Hear their first name and not their title. Moaned yeah. by a woman in the heat of passion. It's like the world's biggest turn on. And it's like <laughs> even Megan Frampton knew that there's not much that can be done with Thaddeus. But she just <laughs> never came up with a nickname. Like, honestly, Ted Ted, I don't know. Theodore is Ted, so why can't Thaddeus be Ted? Yeah. A lot of things could be Ted, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I don't... I actually don't have many issues with Thaddeus for some reason. You can't moan it! I mean, no, you can't. (laughs) I stand by everything I said. All right, do we have a Gentleman Jackson's Get Fit workout? I think you do. I mean, I already mentioned it. He was in the cavalry. So he has big thighs. What I really particularly love about the Gentleman Jackson's Get Fit workout scheme in this book is that she thinks several times I should ask him how he maintains this bod and then doesn't bother. My favorite was when she actually does ask him like, how do you keep your body in such good shape? And he's like, there, there, 
they're like in the midst of foreplay when she asks him this. And he's like, what? Like, where did that come from? And then she's like, you know what? Don't tell me. But next time you do it, I want to watch. And I loved it. <laughs> it so was we don't lot. know. We still don't know how he maintains the, the, his form. We don't know. How many months out of the cavalry do you think he is, timeline-wise? I mean, timeline-wise, because he, he quit the cavalry when, when Sebastian was disinherited, right? Right. So when he was an earl, but his earldom was known for also being officers. Yeah. Only upon inheriting the dukedom that he was forced to resign his commission. Yeah. I mean, I would say what, like maybe, maybe two years max. Okay. Uh, and he does a lot of horse riding in this book. So <laughs> the, the emphasis on the thighs for once makes sense for me with the horse riding. Okay. Cause like there's so many historical romances where you're like, wow, he maintains his, his amazing shape by horse riding. And you're like, yeah, whatever. But she specifically is like, he has big thighs. And like, there are specific scenes where his thighs almost like burst out of his breeches. <laughs> First of all, I loved all of that. Second of all, cutting this out. I don't know what romance novel it was, but there was one I read in high school or college, relatively early into my romance forays, where it specifically talked about a man having thighs that weren't designed to slip between a woman's, but designed... For her to slip between his, and I was yes. like, "I get that." <laughs> you mentioned this. You mentioned this often when we talk about thighs. But I just like I probably is a woman with large thighs. This appeals to me, <laughs> and I just thought of that a lot reading this. I was like, "I get what they mean." Like, yes, he was tall, but more than that, he was substantial. Yep. Yep. Exactly. All right. So- so, Tropes, this is a marriage of convenience book because she was ruined because her clothes got ripped. But they're in public. With, they're not even, like, in a room and getting found while they disentangle themselves from an otherwise innocuous situation. They're completely in public. They're having a conversation in hushed tones. Somehow they're gesticulating, gets them caught on one another, and this leads to one of them tripping and ruination. Yeah, they, they fall together to the ground, and as they fall, her dress gets caught on his accoutrement. Some buttons, some tie, yeah. some eye hooks. Whatever. And when they stand up, it basically, like, rips off half her bodice, which, FYI, Lavinia's got a substantial chest, so there you go. The only thing I found sort of, like, eye-rolly about this, mostly I just enjoyed the hell out of it, even if it was ridiculous, most of the time when this happens, it's like an accident happens, her bodice rips, and then the door bursts open. Mm-hmm. The witnesses all have no context, and it looks really incriminating. They were in public. Like, there were witnesses to the conversation. The fact that they were not embracing could have been, t- like, there was an alibi. Yeah. Uh, witnesses to that alibi. I mean, yes, the other thing I liked about this one, though, is not there wasn't like a convenient door opening or convenient people walking down the path and managed to see the bee sting, right? No, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> she she screams 
because he falls on her and she doesn't want to fall down. And so she's like, ah, and then it attracts attention. And that's why everyone comes over. But they were in public when it happened. They were in public when it happened. Yes. So that is right. number one trope. Marriage is convenience. I do think secondary trope, we brought up B-Sting to talk about Anthony Bridgerton in particular. The hero in this one has his eyes set on the proper demure younger sister. Mm-hmm. But, Yet. Yes. The it's, improper older sister catches his fancy. Yes. But also, again, to talk about the Viking who loved me. The older sister is like, I need to protect my younger sister because she does not want to marry this guy. Oh, yes. She's a secret gothic slash sexy novelist. But she doesn't want to publish in her her own name, Mm -hmm. which we've seen in romance novels, both of the woman who writes fiction variety using a pseudonym and the woman writing um, texts on Egyptian translation yeah it's true yeah. and sometimes the woman in question uses a pseudonym but in our favorite examples the woman uses her brother which that's the face of her publications which is the case here yeah they as the title of the book suggests make a bargain to go their separate ways after an heir i actually really liked the way it was handled in this book. I thought it was very interesting. I agree with you. So it's not just, the negotiation isn't just you are going separate ways after an heir. There's full marriage contract negotiations. Yes. A little bit disappointed by the back and forth in that section because I usually like if you're going to give me that trope, like give me a woman who stands up for her own agency. But I understand why the plot of this one sort of required Lavinia to just be, like, startled and accepting whatever he threw at her. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily think it was true to character. But, whatever. I had some issues with it. I liked it a lot through the first 50% of the book. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it got really redundant, particularly when there's a heavily charged erotic scene after a moment that seems like a real emotional mm-hmm. coming to terms. Yeah. It made me think, like, okay, this is going to be the scene where they, like, air it all out and they're finally, like, on the same page. And she airs it all out and it almost felt like he was deliberately misunderstanding. Yeah. And I found it actually very frustrating. Like, I, I did not enjoy that whole sequence. It was, it, I agree with you that it was frustrating. I, I, I thought it was, he was so dumb in that, like, unbelievably dumb. Thaddeus is a little dumb. He is, but when He's, she's saying, uh, your bargain, not mine, I didn't want to agree to any of that. Mm-hmm. And him not saying, what do you mean? I thought that was what you wanted. Like, yeah. I'm not saying he had to, like, fully understand what she was saying. Yeah. But the fact that he didn't even attempt to understand why what she was saying contradicted everything he believed was, like, are you kidding? Like, 24 more chapters of conflict over this shit? I, <laughs> I, I don't think there were 24 more chapters. I think there, there were, were because <laughs> all oh, of no. the chapters that were just excerpts from her book had their own chapter numbers. You're Meg. Right. You're right. You're, you are correct. 
You are correct about that because I, so behind the scenes factoid about Meg, I love looking at how many chapters are in her book. Which I find hilarious because like you have no idea how many pages are in each chapter. So it's not actually an indication of length at all. No, no, it's not. But I, I like looking at it. And I also really like, well, I think it's because I read primarily digital books these days. And if there's a, a long excerpt from the next book, or if there's a surprise novella at the end, I don't want to be shocked when the book ends at 85%. So if I don't have any chapters are in the book, I can be like, oh, I'm 50% of the way through because there are 18 chapters and I'm on chapter 10. The, the denouement becomes a second chance romance. Mm-hmm. And I did enjoy the machinations for him to seduce his own wife. Mm-hmm. They were very inept and it was very funny. It was great. Uh, look, the seduction scenes in this book are probably the best of like best parts of this book. And I'm not trying to downplay the rest of it, but they were great. I want to talk about that later as I've discussed. I'm keeping my mouth shut right now, Meg. Keep moving. Okay, okay. Uh, anything else? Any other tropes you want to talk about? I think, and this is sort of been alluded to in a lot of what we said before, the couple that's a marriage of convenience, that's enemies to lovers, that, like, don't get along, partially because they're trying to resist the animal attraction to one another, mm-hmm. partnered with extremely good sex, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of communication happening, works really well here, because what works really well in the bedroom is not innate. In general, I, I would never say that these books are like paradigm changing, but I am loving them. I'm really enjoying them. I know that when I pick up a Megan Frampton, it's going to be sexy. It's going to be funny and I'm going to enjoy myself. So, so we talked a little bit about how Thaddeus is a little dumb. I think that Thaddeus is extremely detached from his emotions doesn't he's not emotionally intelligent so I don't think he's a dumb guy but I think he doesn't understand his feelings and he also has a hard time interpreting other people's actions words just things in general I'm not trying to say that he's like on the spectrum or anything like that because he's not that's not how he's portrayed Well, I think it's interesting in the context of, like, white male privilege, right? Mm -hmm. Because he was raised as a member of the aristocracy, but with the auteur of being a member of the aristocracy who had a military commission. Mm -hmm. From a seat that also valued service to country. Yes. To a degree, there's a very different sense of responsibility. Like, yes, he had more than the average lordling but also to a degree a greater sense of self-importance mm-hmm. that he really like is ignorant of yeah like, he feels very low as me like i wasn't prepared for this life mm-hmm. like you were prepared for a life of like different but equal privilege well yes and and pointing that out i think is really it makes a lot of sense why he doesn't have to interpret people's emotions because they're going to bend over backwards to do whatever he needs, regardless of 
how they feel. He doesn't see it that way, but it's true. Yeah. And I mean, I, what I think Megan Frampton does well in this book is she establishes his character and then the conflict stems from that. And it's just very coherent. I think it's really well done. He's a very complete and complex character. Yeah. So you, you feel for him, you sympathize with him, but you also are like, okay, Thaddeus, get it together, you know? But you kind of get why he can't. He doesn't have the perspective. He doesn't have the knowledge. He's willing to learn up to a point. Well, that's... But that point was really interesting. That's his saving grace, is that he is willing to learn. Let's be honest here, because if he wasn't, yeah. we w- I'd be done with Thaddeus. For real. For real. For real. So what did you think about the relationship between Jane and Lavinia? I thought it was interesting. I, I think it's really rare, even when one sister is more extroverted than the other and more willing to communicate what both of them want, that the sister is so complicit. Mm-hmm. But I really bought it here between the two of them. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked that Jane... I did like the moment of Jane standing up for herself and being like, I can't rely on Lavinia all the time. I wish her standing up for herself had made Henry stand up for her too. Right. I mean, I, I would have liked that too. I, I didn't dislike how it played out here, but I, I wouldn't have hated if Henry was like, wait a minute. You know, the woman I love is breaking up with me because I won't stand up for her. I think this reminds me a lot of the sister in the Scotland series. The, which one? Michael's the fiance's name. And the sister has three brothers whose mother blackmailed their father into forcing them to marry English brides. Yes, that one. Uh-huh. The wild, wicked Highlanders. Thank you. Um... I think this is the conflict that that relationship should have had yeah. rather than Michael, like blackmailing his sister. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Like Thank just you. kind of being a little bit spineless. Yes. Like I wish this had been the conflict in the series where the whole point was Francesca and Michael work out. Yeah. Yes. 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 Then I wish that conflict where Michael actually like full-blown betrayed his own family had been the conflict in this one where she dumps his ass publicly. It was just like, it was just way too much. It was way too much. I don't but know. You know I, like, I felt like this was a like conflict that could have been overcome. And I sometimes feel like the way romance novels work is like the meek sister, it's often the meek sister, ends up getting a spine in her own book. Yeah, uh-huh. And I kind of like the idea that Jane isn't Lavinia. Yeah. No. That this mild-mannered, polite, appropriate Duke who spent, not Duke, member of the peerage who spent too much time appeasing his parents doesn't quite know how to integrate the woman he wants into his family. Like, I would have been much more interested in this, like, working out. Yeah. I mean, I, I... Again, I didn't dislike what happened in the book. 
I agree with you that I, I would have liked to see them. I would have liked to see that relationship be more of a full relationship. Right. Yeah. Like if it wasn't going to work out. I needed more reasons. It wasn't going to work out other than he just wouldn't stand up to his mother. Yeah. I need more insight from Lavinia. I need more insight from Henry. Like I felt like it was too much of the plot to be as much of an afterthought as, uh, as it was. Yeah. Uh, what I what I liked about Jane and Lavinia together is that Jane really did rely on Lavinia to speak for her in a lot of ways. Yeah. And at first, Thaddeus is like, oh, my God, Lavinia is so overbearing. I can't believe she's doing this. And then it takes him a while to realize, oh, actually, maybe Jane is is leaning on her. She's actually expecting her to do that. Why do you think in the moment Lavinia cornered Thaddeus in the hallway to tell him he couldn't marry Lavinia? She didn't say because she's trying desperately to marry someone else and that's her sister. I want to help her. I think because they didn't have enough time. Okay. Before before the ruination happened. <laughs> okay. I I I think she probably would have told him, but it was very fast ruination. Okay. Just real quick. <laughs> All right. Uh, so of course it turns out that Thaddeus and Lavinia are way more compatible than the girl he thought he wanted to marry. And one of the ways we, as the readers, know that they're compatible is they both make lists. And I thought it was so cute, and I loved it. I loved it. I did, too. I loved the list-making. There was also this little moment at the end of the book where, after all the conflict is resolved, spoiler alert, they end up together, where he's like, I hope I can become a man who's less reliant on lists. Yeah. And I'm like... Oh, baby, dumb Thaddeus missing the point again. Right? That's the thing. That's the thing. He misses the point, but you still kind of love him, though. Yeah, he's adorable. He is. The point wasn't that the lists were the problem. Right? (laughs) You dumb, dumb man. Yes. So she does keep her novel writing a secret for almost a whole book. And how does he discover that she's been writing a novel? Basically, her brother does a public reading because he's the acknowledged author of her texts. Mm-hmm. And our darling Thaddeus realizes that several of the conversations he's had with his wife and the way she describes things are present in the text. Most specifically, a very graphic description of the main character's thighs. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I was like, if the secret has to come out, this is the way I want it to come out. Yeah, I mean, I first and foremost wish she would have told him. Yes. But if that wasn't an option, I agree. Thigh gate 2K21. Thigh gate 2K21. Thighs. Thighs are the new forearms. I'll just say it. I've said it. I prefer forearms. I mean, I'm not, forearms are never going to go away. But in the past six months, I feel like we've read many books that are really pushing the thigh game. Because it was an Olympic year. You know my theory. <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> but you like, you know my theory. But like, bombshell, like, the, Caleb's thighs were like, they talked about those thighs all the time. Sarah McLean was like thick thighs. 
those two words were paired together three times in the book, which is a lot for a book. Of course, you know. It was thick with a K for listeners who are like, <laughs> this is, a, it's historically accurate. <laughs> I'm just pro forearm. Talk to me about the sexual development of their relationship and then the rest of their relationship. Yes. So when they enter into their marriage of convenience, it's like 30% in. Yeah. They both are very much looking to sexual Congress and the act of making the air as the most exciting part Mm -hmm. of their union and he's like yes that was great yeah. and she's like eh? yeah she was like oh is, is is that it but interestingly it was fade to black mm-hmm. so her disappointment when the act of producing an heir disappoints her is conveyed to the reader through fade to black mm-hmm. I really thought that was gonna telegraph that like as they became closer mm-hmm. the sex was going to become more on the page right and that's not the route Megan Frampton took Mm-mm. as described when we discussed tropes instead she used their sexual relationship to show what good communication and openness and vulnerability could do for their sexual relationship while their relationships outside the bedroom was not receiving any of that mm-hmm. communication, reciprocity, whatever. And I thought that was a really interesting choice. And I think that might be the most unique thing about this book. I agree with you. Yes. Instead, here it was like an alternate universe. Yeah. So I, I really liked how it was also based, it was really based on this bargain that they make, right? And it's not a bargain. They don't really make a bargain. Basically, Thaddeus is like, I assume, because again, remember, Thaddeus is a dum-dum, okay, guys? Thaddeus doesn't understand emotions. So the day of their marriage, he's like, all right, we're going to make a bargain. I need an heir. You don't want to be married to me. So we're just going to do what we need to do to have a baby. And then you are going to go do whatever you want, and I will raise the kid. And she's like, okay. (laughs) She's like, wait, so you're telling me that I've got to spend years of my life to do this for you. And then I just like get kicked out. And he's like, that's what you want, right? That's not what he says. He thinks in his head, well, that's what she wants. So he's like, yes, that's correct. And she feels that she has no choice but to agree to this bargain. Because she is now a possession, right? Right. So basically, she's like, all right, well, I guess I will enjoy the sex because I like his thighs. So I'll enjoy what I can. And when she doesn't enjoy it, she's like, hell no. The one thing I thought I was getting out of this bargain was good sex. 
I'm not going to accept it. Right? Right. So she doesn't dispute the terms of the bargain, which is really the root of their, of the conflict and of their relationship issues, right? Yes. But she does dispute, (laughs) she doesn't dispute it, but she's just like, look, we've got to make it better in the bedroom because right now it's not great. I'm just like, okay, I love this book a lot more than I thought I would, given first book in the series, Gate, 2K2. (laughs) Did you believe she was the kind of woman who would be like, here's the list of things that are going wrong for me in the bedroom, and not the kind of woman who would be like, but I'm just going to take whatever's happening in the marriage itself? You know, I, I actually believed it. I wasn't sitting here thinking, "Mm, this doesn't seem in character for her. She decided, because also they didn't know each other at the beginning, really, right? They didn't know each other. And she's like, this is what he's going to give me? Fine. I loved the fact that she was dissatisfied in the bedroom and wanted to do something about it. I mean, yes, would I have appreciated it more if she was like, let's renegotiate the essential bargain? Yeah, but I honestly, and in the timeline of the book too, because how long does it last? Three weeks? Four weeks, this book? I could, I could basically believe it. So I didn't think it was out of character, but that was my reading of it. Okay. Logically, I think you're right. I'm saying this out loud. I think mm-hmm. it wasn't her I found believable. It was him. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to believe he's this great military commander who immediately assumed this really like high level of responsibility. And when his wife is saying to him, I'm having feelings for you. You said that's not what you want, but that's where we're at. Where do we go from here? He says, mm-hmm. okay, bye. Yeah. He's like, no With- feelings. And his internal monologue wasn't her feelings for me are changing his internal monologue was her insisting that we stop if i don't want to feel more means she also wants to end this bargain makes no fucking sense well that's why we've been talking this whole time about how thaddeus is a dum-dum because if he's not dumb then this plot doesn't work okay new take thaddeus was too dumb for me I love it. It's a great take. It's a great take because I don't mind a man who needs a little bit of instruction, but I need to know it. Yeah. Right. Because that's the thing, too. He's like, I think she had an orgasm. I'm really enjoying historical romances that are that are looking at the male sexual experience and saying, like, he's a rake or he's experienced or whatever. And then actually looking at that and saying, well, that doesn't actually mean that he's good in bed. I mean, Thaddeus wasn't meant to be a rake. No, but he was, he was like, I've had, I've been with women before and they've been well satisfied. Well, how do you know? You know? I agree with everything you're saying, except for the moment that he was like, oh, I don't have to treat her the way I thought a wife needed to be treated. Yeah. That moment needed more introspection that didn't happen. Yeah. 
we're verging on talking about sexiness. So should we talk about any content warnings? I think everything else I want to mention can fall under content warnings. I think the biggest thing here is societal norms of the time. Mm-hmm. Particularly the way her family, her mother, deals with her children and adopted children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, her mother is sort of that marriage-minded mama, but turned up to 11. And it, not for her. Right. Which is why it's not in tropes. She is not trying to get Lavinia wed. No, it's, yeah, she's, she's identified the beautiful child, or, you know, the one who's going to make the name for our family, and it's not Lavinia. So... I think I would have liked this a little bit more. And I know I'm usually the first person screaming for villains to get less depth. And to a degree, the mother is the villain in the story. Mm-hmm. Or at least one of two. I thought the mother would have been way more interesting if she'd been pushing Jane as the elder and most beautiful sister to marry the Duke. And then very quickly made peace with well, if Lavinia got a Duke, Jane certainly can. Like, if her if yeah. her mean-spiritedness had been less directed at disappointment... Right. ...that Jane hadn't married Thaddeus, but more that... Well, if, if Lavinia can, who I'm very proud of and who I'm very happy landed this Duke and has all these exceptional qualities that I'm willing to acknowledge because a Duke has acknowledged them, mm-hmm. Lavinia can certainly do more. Yeah. Instead of, like beating Lavinia down. Like, I just right. didn't... For a marriage-minded mama who was so concerned with her daughter's position in society, beyond even just loving her kids, she wasn't doing a very good job of using Lavinia's situation to better the families. Yeah. No, it's very true. She was so one-dimensional, and as a mother who the main character is still treating with affection... hmm you gotta give me more depth to understand why she's still invited to family functions. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying any of the behavior I just described is excusable. It's not. But she's just outright mean and continues to insult Lavinia even when she's a duchess. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think a status-minded, marriage-minded mama, like, that, that was consistent behavior. Right. And I mean... Uh... This is not textually supported, so I'm not saying that this is correct, but I am seeing a sort of a trend in historical romances lately where they're looking at your family of origin and then, you know, is this drawing boundaries and things like that. Things that are sort of out in the cultural ether right now. I feel like that was focused more on like a narcissistic mother than necessarily a marriage-minded mama, right? So she's less of a trope. And more of a, you know, again, this is not anywhere in the text. There's no author's note or anything that was like, FYI, for all you daughters with narcissistic mothers out there, you know? (laughs) But I just, I think the conflict between Lavinia and her mother and her mother and Jane's future affianced family would still have been there. Yeah. If her mother had been supportive of Lavinia the Duchess while still trying to get Jane a better match. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, I didn't 
I didn't see the need and frankly the logic in her character of continuing to treat Lavinia so poorly. Yeah. Especially given the number of times Megan Frampton made a point that like even the most horrible members of her family still loved each other. Right. Right. I I think rather viewing Thaddeus with gratitude for seeing Lavinia's qualities as assets. Right. Could still have been demeaning but loving toward Lavinia. Yeah. It could have had complexity that her attitude in the text did not have. Yeah. All right. Should we talk about sexiness? Again, the highlight of this book. Oh my God, 35 out of 10. (laughs) So good. So fucking good. I believed that they were attracted to each other. So from the beginning, they're both like very attracted to each other, even if they don't like each other's personalities. Which sex, sexy and like, mm, this is the point of fuck, Mary kill, right? Right, right. Exactly. exactly the Mary. Mm-hmm. That's both of their attitude. This is fuck, Mary kill. This is the point of fuck, not Mary. Right. And which is also why when they get married and she's not all that happy in the bedroom, she's like, God damn it. So this is the one thing that I was looking forward to. First time she's like, okay, maybe that was just the first time I'll give him another try. And when it doesn't improve, she's like, okay, I got to write a list. Got to write a list for this guy so that he can improve. I just, romance novels are so often about innate sexual attraction and characters who get to, like, make out accidentally and pod each other before they even start to consider feelings. And so for this book to be reversed, for them to be in this marriage before they've deliberated on that, even to themselves, the way he, like, ignored her chest, even though he was fascinated with it Mm -hmm. outside the bedroom, was, like, really dude well he like he doesn't ignore it but then he doesn't he doesn't want to hurt her and so he doesn't think that she likes it and she's like no you can keep going he's like no it's okay I think you're cold (laughs) you're shivering because you're cold and she's like that's not why but it was the bad sex was fascinating and and it didn't go on too long and it wasn't like this is a sex scene and it also wasn't like this is so horrible. I feel like the heroine's been like assaulted. Right. Even if like maybe I shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing I liked about this is that it it obliquely addresses that idea about how women who consume romance novels have unrealistic expectations. Because she writes romance novels and she was like, oh no, have I been hyping this up? She was like, oh, no, have I been writing these books? And it's not as good as I think it is. Well, my favorite part is she wasn't, rather than being like, oh, no, I am false advertising and I must make the sex sound more bland. She was like, I got to write sexier scenes. So if anyone else is trapped in this situation, they can at least get themselves off. Yes. She was like, if this really is as good as it gets, I got to make it real hot on the page. So I, I, moment from her. I, I, I loved how she handled the writing and I loved sort of the meta commentary on what that is for women who read romance novels. I loved it. 
Yes. I really liked it. But it was also, because we haven't said the most important thing, very hot. Uh, Once he reads her list and internalizes it, the sex gets very hot. Very hot. There were a couple of scenes that I think could have been hotter. I mean, sure. But But only in a, like, props to Megan Frampton, always leave us wanting more kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean... It, so, I, I mean, I will say, having read Megan Frampton books before, when I got to the, you know, wedding night scene, I was like, I felt the same way Lavinia did. Because I was like, wait, that's it? I was like, what's she going to do with this? And then I loved the direction she took it in, basically. I, I mean, it is great. I, it I mean, awesome. I think... To a degree, for all that we base a lot of this, our podcast on tropes and loving to see what's done well in the genre, done really well. I love the innovative. Yes. And I thought when I read that scene, rather than being like, oh, Megan Frampton, I was like, okay, cool. So like the sex is going to mirror the relationship. And when it didn't, mm-hmm. my mind was actually blown. Like I know <laughs> this, I know that that might not, resonate with certain people especially people who don't read romance novels often but we talk a lot about how we want the sex to mirror where the couple is at yeah and she chose to do the exact opposite of it and then executed it that brilliantly yes yes like the execution of sex in this book made the sex that made the book as a whole better for me yes not because it was sexy even yes. though it was incredibly sexy, but yes. because it was such a deliberate execution within the plot that actually surprised me more than anything else in the text in such a great way that I want to give Megan Frampton all the credit in the world for it. Yep. I, I can't improve on what you just said because I, I agree with everything. Uh, it, was per- it was perfect. It was great. Really good. So, if that's not clear, we recommend this book. Yeah, check it out. I would really like it. If you've read this book, tell me what you thought of it. Because I'm like, maybe I'm just so immersed in the romance world that's something a little bit different. I'm like, whoa, this is so innovative. You know, but what did you think? I I would love to hear. Thank you guys so much for listening. (laughs) We'd love it if you would rate, review, subscribe. You can send any questions or answers that you have. If you have read this book and thought it was agree with us, because hopefully you did, you can send us an email um, at plottrists at gmail.com. Uh, talk to us on Instagram at plottrists or, of course, on our website, uh, plottrists.wordpress.com. <laughs>